I can't believe it, man. Season 4. We're finally doing it. It's gonna be awesome. No more cutoff dates, even though we're already three weeks behind our schedule. But I don't care about that anymore. Also, we have our first guest star on Ultra Ranger. Ultraman Air. Ultraman Air. Yeah, it's just made of air. Feel that nice air. Yeah, it's fucking hot outside, so we need air conditioning. Yeah. What do you think of Ultra 7? What? You watched, you watched it three times? And the reboot series that apparently is really shitty? Wow. He's dedicated. Well, yeah, he's the biggest Ultra 7 fan ever. Of course he is. That's what every YouTuber does when they have an inanimate object we that just, can't talk. We seem to make like a cardboard eye slugger and just tape it onto the top of the air conditioner so he has. I can do that today. Good. Do it. <laughs> and then each will look over during Cash Ranger and we'll just be like, fuck you. The Aircaster's an Ultraman. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Schwat. Schwat. And welcome to Kaiju Sentai Ultra Ranger, the podcast where we talk about Ultraman's past, present, future, Godzilla, and all kaiju in between. I am your host, Ultra Ultracaster Gar. And I'm your co-host, Mecha Ultra Pinkcaster Lane. For this new season, I need to be reformed, so I mechanized myself. So now I'm a mech. Thanks for telling me that when it's not done behind the scenes. <laughs> well, in the three weeks that we've been gone... Since last episode, I like revamped my identity. So now on like Twitter and stuff like that, and my Xbox account, I'm I'm Robo Lane now because I've just been on a huge Robo Cop kick, and I I really like mechanical things. That's why that's why like in the past three years we've done Ultra Ranger, I've been like all about Mecha Godzilla, and I've always said if you mechanize something, it's ten times cooler. So you did say that. I did say that. Do I care to find the episode? So I am Mecha Lane. I can spin my head. <laughs> wow, my head's spinning. So uh, if this is your first episode, because this is the first episode of a new season, you're probably like, you know what, I want to check out what the these guys are. What the fuck are these losers? What the hell are they talking about? Where's the common Riders? Oh, they, you, you ain't going to find any rider here. I'm no, sorry. No, no common Rider stuff here. We talk about Ultraman. Godzilla and all kaiju team. Maybe some other stuff that we're interested in during the week, like Transformers or whatever. Yeah, we derails. Yeah, we derail sometimes. We talk about news for like over 40 minutes. Well, today we're <laughs> going to be talking about it for 40 minutes because we have a lot of news. A lot of news. And unfortunately, we are talking about a very depressing news story. So depressing. It's so depressing. No, uh, it actually is depressing. It is depressing. Uh, so, uh, costume modeler Ezo Ka uh, Kaima unfortunately passed away at the age of 90, passing away on April 24th. Look at him, he still looks so young, has lots of hair in his young picture. Yeah. Uh, born in 1929 Tokyo, uh, he had a hand in the origins of the tokusatsu genre by modeling costumes for the original Godzilla film. He would go on to work on movies such as Godzilla Raids Again, 
King Kong versus Godzilla and Mothra versus Godzilla. Ooh, good ones. Yeah, he also was uh, a part of the crew that worked that was working on original footage for Godzilla raids again in in America, but they scrapped it. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a uh, for gigantic. It was like. Battle of the Volcano Monsters or something. It ended up becoming Gigantus, the fire monster. Which is weird. Yeah. That's cool that the guy like makes costumes. So. Yeah, and he also worked on some Ultraman shows, such as the original Ultraman. Ultra Q. Uh, Return of Ultraman. Oh. Ace, Tara, Leo, and 80. Yeah. Right. He even He even made his own company. Time of Productions. Time of Productions. Uh, passed away at home. Yep, leukemia. Well, rest in peace, sir. Your your costumes done great, very great. There was ice in my mouth. Uh, and another depressing news story. And this is like really sudden. So. Yeah, this is very sudden. So. The head writer for Ultraman Z, uh, Kota Fukihara, unfortunately passed away on May 17th due to a brain... Uh, the brain hemorrhage. Yes, a yeah, 37. At the Damn. age of 37. Fuck. But yeah, no, so, like, we, like, it was interesting, because the guy, like, when we first read up about him, he was saying that he was, like... He wrote the ending first, and then he was going to, like, build his way up to making the show to fit with the ending. So I like that. Uh, it's not confirmed how many episodes the writer had penned for the upcoming series. However, Subaraya and, and their staff have said uh, they will continue to strive to create an amazing final product for the series to which he gave all his spirit to. Also, he worked on Dad of Light. Yes, Final Fantasy XIV, Dad of Light. And he also worked on a show that we already talked about, Kaiju Club. Which means we'll definitely have to talk about the final episode properly subbed. Because yeah. we can get to watch it properly subbed. True. But we will. And Kaiju Club is really good. Kaiju Club is fantastic. Yeah. We, need, we need more of that. I want a second season where they go, where it's like set in the mid-70s. Where it's like... They, Taro and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Or do or do like a modernized version of it where like it's like about new fans of like the new generation era. Awesome. Like do like a do like a Tokusatsu Gagaga like show with Ultraman. Anyways, rest in peace, sir. And I know what you've done. The show looks already amazing. It's gonna be so so good. Kind of reminds me a bit of when, uh, not not Jared Leto, um, Heath Ledger. Yeah, when Heath Ledger passed away before the Dark Knight came out, and, like Dark Knight happens, everyone was blown away by it, and then it's like it's sad because like we can't tell him of how like yeah such a great job and then they he gave did. They gave him the Oscar for best uh, best actor. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they gave him the Oscar for best best actor. He would have gotten it anyways. He, he, he didn't die. And then Joaquin Phoenix also won the joke, uh, won that Oscar for uh, his portrayal of the Joker. Both of them were good. Yep. 
So speaking of Ultraman Z, so uh, the press, quote unquote, press conference came out, uh, giving us additional information, including uh, more staff members. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so direct, we have a list of many directors, uh, such as Takanori Sujimoto, best known for his Resident Evil work. Koichi Sakamoto is a part of the part of it. Of course he is. Because, you know, it's something Zero slash Jeed related. Of course. We'll, we'll know when it's him. Oh, yeah. Whenever Jeed's on screen, it'll probably be him. You know what? He's probably going to be directing the, the Jeed episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, Kazuhiro Na uh, Nakagawa, best known for his work of Day of the Kaiju. Uh, Katsuro Onoe, Attack on Titan, Masayoshi, uh, Takasui Onru. Yeah, he was the main director for Ultraman Ru. Okay. Uh, Tomono Koshi and Noyuki Ushida. And alongside the unfortunate late Kota Fukihara, uh, we also have Tomo Suzuki, Takano Nakano, Satoru Hayashi, Yuji Kobayashi, who wrote Ultraman Mavius. Uh, Toshizo Nemoto, best known for his work on Log Horizon and Ultraman Jeed. Uh, Jun Su Sugida and Ryo Ikada. Alright, so at least we got some people who've worked on Ultraman working on this show. So, this show's in great hands. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I trust the staff so much. So, how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's eight writers for one show. Yeah, but hey, like they a bunch of them worked on Ultraman, so fair. Uh, we also have the music producer uh, Hinjiri Azane, best known for her Resident Evil work. Uh, so she'll probably be doing the score, the score and such for the for the show. Bitchin. Yeah. Uh, there was a live stream that happened on June 5th, Japanese Standard Time, at 5 p.m., so it was like 4 a.m. for us. Yeah. I I tried to stay up for it. It was it was just too late. Yes. I got to like 2.30, and I'm like, no, I gotta go to bed. Yeah, I gotta sleep. Uh, but uh, there, were some, there are some screenshots and some videos of the, of the, of the live stream. Online, which apparently they were doing some social distancing. Which is good, yeah. Because, yeah. like, Japan just got out of their state of emergency, so, like, their lockout down's done. So now, like, the mail's gonna be open again, so people can start mailing stuff, which a lot of places have a lot of shit to mail. Because, mm -hmm. like, so many people during this quarantine bought a lot of fucking token shit. Like, I bought, uh, like, a Zero One toy from, like, Back in like March, early April. Oh, the the thousand jack. Thousand jacker. I got two Sentai mechs, which I'm still waiting on, and then I bought a Figma of Robocop that I'm also waiting for. So, uh, spe speaking of purchases, I've actually acquired the rest of the Ultraman uh, Blu-ray set. He owns all of them. Yeah, I own all of them. Up to this point, yep. we have a new story about about it later on. Yep. I just have my teeth. Mm hmm. So that's all I need. All I need is Gene. All you need is Gene. So, uh, speaking of state of emergency and staying at home, uh, Superman Productions have actually released uh, uh, stock backgrounds 
or people that are doing like Zoom calls or like uh, live chats over, the, cool. over the internet. And we have like a slew of them. Like oh my god! Like one oh, of the whites. We have the uh, the sweatshirt. Yeah, we have the shirt shop. Yep. That's great. Oh, uh, Quattro M. Yeah, Quattro M. You have the Nebula House, like two two different shots of the Nebula House. And you have the background with the the, the like twenty thousand shirts that freaking Eisen bought. I remember us doing the math on that. Like he, how... he bought like almost like a million dollars worth of shirts. Yeah. Or something like that. But they, they made a lot of money. But not only on the uh, new generation era, they've also released screenshots uh or at least background shots from the twenty nineteen Ultraman anime. And SSSS Gridman, which they are okay. Why would you want a background of just Alexis's face? That's my big question. I mean, I like the one there where you see Gridman like through a window. Oh yeah, that's from the opening. Yeah, that's cool. And then one's of fucking what's your Akane's fucking trash-filled room. I take your trash. <laughs> Trash man. I'm the trash man. And then that the, I think the third one's the best one. Oh, it's junk. just the, the screen of junk. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we also have uh, some some from Ultra Galaxy Fight New Generation heroes, such as the Intergalactic Defense Force Headquarters, uh, Sundal, the Planet of Twilight. Oh, Twilight. 50 with the, the Warriors Peak. Yep. And Liquitor, the Planet of Water. <laughs> Liquidor? What's that from? It's just a planet full of ray guns. Oh, Liquidor. That doesn't sound like a planet. It sounds like a fucking name of a monster. I am Liquidor! Fear my water powers! You're going to get soaked, Power Rangers! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, No, go back up to the Grimman one, though. Do you know what I think they should have used for background? That would have made a lot of sense. Fucking, like... The, the the background where Gridman's in when he's talking to them on the screen. I was just thinking that, like, the hub room that they're in. Yeah! Which is, which is weird, because I can actually take a screenshot. I'll be on the YouTube version of this. It's a screenshot from the final episode where it's, like, everyone with Gridman in that room. So it's not like they didn't have the shot for it. Yeah, like, that would have been a good background, because then you'd be like, oh, I'm Gridman. Yeah. Help! Guys, help! Guys, help! I'm in my computer! <laughs> What'd you do? I activated a, v- a fail safe and now I'm stuck in the computer. The best Zoom background I've still seen was this guy sitting down and then himself walks into the room, drops off a mug of tea, and then <laughs> leaves the room. And then he picks up the tea and he drinks it. That's funny. It's that's so clever. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> some people made some pretty good backgrounds. Uh, I had one of the uh, Earth shot from from the opening of Ultraman Roof, and I'm like, oh, you see this paperweight? And I just chuck it back to the Earth. Gone. <laughs> Bye. Uh, but yeah, these are pretty, uh, pretty good, pretty high quality. It's high quality. It's high quality. Sundowling. I would love it. To, uh, I would love to just like have the background of O fifty, and you and I are just like, yeah, no, I get to be Ultraman. I want to be Ultraman. Yeah, fuck you, juggler. You get to be Booster. I don't want to be Booster. <laughs> Fucking Liquidor. Liquidor. It's, it's so it's not a planet name. I have invented a monster, your, uh, your highness. His name is Liquitol, and he can summon water to, the, to drown out those Power Rangers blasters. Excellent! Excellent, Mr. Liquitor. That someone needs to draw up. Wait a Liquitor. minute. Who directed that special? Koichi Sakamoto. Of course he did. 
Who, who's done Power Rangers since the, since the late 90s? Koichi Sakamoto. I went down, it was probably him being like, Liquitor. I wish he just directed x the whole time. Directed four episodes of x Did he direct four episodes of Yeah, the one when... The Wait, hold on, up. he directs Kamen Rider? Yeah, he directed uh, Laser and Snipes debuts. Huh. That's why if you see how like, action-y and explosion-y they are, you can tell it's Koichi Sakamoto. Action-y and explosion-y. Yes. That's a shirt. Sure. That's a shirt. Um. Cool. Cool. Next story. I didn't. I say this was gonna happen. Yeah. It was didn't talk- I say this was gonna happen? So you want to talk? About yeah. It? So right. they are releasing a soft vinyl toy campaign, which you get. You get the uh, Ultraman Zero mantle for your Zero vinyl. So it's not for the fig yard. But I feel like it would fit with the figure too. No, no, these are tiny. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there is a campaign starting June uh, June thirteenth, one week before Ultraman Z debuts, where if you buy a Ultraman Zero soft vinyl or an Ultraman Z soft vinyl, you will receive the Ultraman Zero's brother's mantle, or the Ultraman Zero mantle. That's awesome. Granted, it already hinders uh, hinders the articulation on the very limited figure because the like uh, the mantle itself covers the shoulder, so he can't like raise his hands. Whatever. So it's it's just there for show. Yeah, but I still think that's pretty neat. They, I'd keep him with it on. They did one with the ultra like for the ultra brothers. They did the mantle set. They are hard to come by. I I I like to think that when the Ultraman said the. Uh, Figure comes out, it'll come with like a bonus item of the mantle. Yeah, it'll probably be like a pre order, but or yeah, it'll be like a pre order bonus or yeah. something. Yeah, come to put on your zero because like you just need to figure out it's a zero and then you have all the new generation heroes. Yeah, well, you get Titus and Puma, but well, Titus, Titus, I have pre ordered. Trigear should be on his way. I mean, yeah, you ordered Trigear a long time ago. Yeah, I think it was supposed to come out last month and then they delayed it to this month. Okay, uh, but anyways, uh. Both these vinyl figures are pretty cheap. They're 660 yen, so that's like, what? Five bucks? Yeah, it's like ten bucks. Yeah. I'm waiting until Jeed comes out. Oh, that new form for Jeed? Uh, I'm, I'm representing Jeed, like, in the show. Like, that's the thing I'm most excited for in the show. Jeed represent? Yeah, well, Jeed's my favorite Ultraman, the main hero, so. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of Jeed, uh, there's a second campaign item. For a gold Zero and Jeed Ultra Metal. That actually looks really cool. It looks amazing. Uh, it looks like they're like facing de- facing off against each other. They're just like, fuck you, Jeed. <laughs> fuck you, Zero. Fuck you, it's my show. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Well, that was my dad. <laughs> I beat your dad. Like four times. But yes, uh, this Ultra Metal will be only available if you purchase the Z-Riser or the Z-Riser... Uh, like, like metal super, set, yeah, like oh super the Narakiri set. set, oh the Narakiri set, yeah, which contains both the Z Riser and the Z Holder. Yeah, so me and Gar decided to go in for both those. Yeah, our, de- yeah, our uh, Toku dealer actually uh, texted us first thing this morning, be like, "Oh, by any chance, do you want uh, that Ultraman Z stuff? There's one of the original, like there's the Z Riser, and then there's the bigger set." And we're like, "Oh no, me and him want the bigger set." He's like, "Do you want me to order two, or are you both going on one?" It's like, "No, we want." Two. two. Give us two cents. Yeah. So hopefully we get this medal. Because I'm getting this because G uses it. 
like Riku uses it. Yeah, so Riku I'm like, does I, use I have it. to get I have to get it. Like I don't own all the G merchandise because I only got the the Jeet stuff that I was interested in, but I I like Jeet's new forms, so I'm gonna get this one. Plus I wanna represent this show. And uh both these uh both these items will be available on June twentieth, the day that Ultraman Z comes out. So yeah, who knows? Uh, my birthday's coming up in a month. Yeah. It's Ultraman Day! Don't remind me. <laughs> uh, sp- yeah, speaking of Ultraman Zero, uh, so the next installment in the Ultra Replica line was unveiled, in which it is the Ultraman Zero Eye with the Zero Bracelet. That's cool. That is cool. Can this one turn into the gun mode? It can. <gasps> it can turn into the gun mode. It looks really nice too. Like they like properly painted it like nicely. And the best thing about it is that there is actually an image. Oh, showing the DX version. And yeah. The... Wow. So it is more show like it's more screen accurate to oh, the movie. And it's like detailed on the back super well. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, he... Kevin's gonna go fucking nuts over this. Yeah, so if you missed out your chance on getting the Zero Eye the first time, or missed it the second time with the 10th Anniversary Edition... Or a Jeed. Or a Jeed. No, oh, no, that was the Zero Eye Neo. Uh, yeah, but still, that was like the same thing, kind of. Mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, I was not expecting this, but then again, it's Ultraman Zero's 10th Anniversary. I'm just expecting Zero everything this year. No, like I said, Zero's like Dan Kuroda. They are going to... He's so popular, they're going to make everything for him. Yeah, he was... Everything. He was their flagship Ultraman for, like, what? Three? Like, four years? Yeah, until Ginga came out. From, like, two... Like the 2009 end. to, like, 2012. Yeah. So that's, like... That's, like, three, four years in. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. Flagship Ultraman. He's cool, man. Zero, Zero's a badass. I won't deny it. Not to mention, he also hosted Ultraman Retsuden. So, and it's like, oh, we have a series about Belial's son. Well, we have to have Zero in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Just still, and fucking Taiga, when he just showed up, I was not expecting him to show up. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, just Zero, Taiga. Well, hey, man, what's up? No, yeah, no, Gar was there. Like, we watched the episode. Zero shows up, and I'm like, Zero, what are you doing here? Like, he just shows up at a fucking nowhere it's sure. like well i heard belial was around so i have to fucking show like, up he rises from the ground that's yeah my, that's my only question i'm like you're from space why did you come from underground were you just wait zero were you just waiting until tiger was almost getting killed and you're like oh okay guess i gotta go hell fucking like a women swoon over him with that fucking one chick from x is just like zero God. Uh, so yes, uh, so the Ultra Replica, Ultra Zero Eye, and the Ultra Zero Bracelet will be available for 10,780 yen. That's and, expensive. And pre-orders end on June 30th, 2020 at 11 o'clock Japanese Standard Time. That's so cool though. It would be cool to have. And the best part is it actually comes with stands. Oh my god, that's good. So like, you know, the one thing the, the Zero-Eye Neo didn't have? 
So we're gonna have like quotes of him going like ten thousand years too early to fight beat me. I don't think it has electronics. No, it has the, that the, one does. The bracelet has electronics, but I don't uh Ultra Zero I require Oh yeah, it does okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like it has to. It's gotta be able to fucking represent like do the sound effects and stuff. Especially if you're using gun mode. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh, you mean closed up mode? Yeah, and it turns into a gun. I like that. I like that it turns into a gun. Everything should be turned into a gun. This this this, this controller? Gun. <laughs> uh speaking of uh premium items, uh there is the Herp Derps. <laughs> trying to remember the name of it. Uh, the Super Motion Hero Set of Ult of Ultraman uh, Prototype Suit and Bemular from the 2019 anime. Oh, so that's like the suit that uh, Hayata wears. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's cool. Oh, it's freaking amazing. It is Bemular. Yes, Bemular. It is, with no feet. <laughs> it's got no feet. Oh, he has stubs for feet. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, I mean, he floats. He always floats. Yeah. He's never really walking around anywhere. He's just, he floats. I, I just thought that, like, Ben Miller's not a kaiju. Just, like, all the all the kaijus that are in this anime are just actual, like, fucking be armored beings. Well, except for Dada. Or, uh, or no. What was it? Adad? Yeah, Adad. Adad, yeah. I, I read the manga, so I know what Ben Miller is. You can't I, say. I don't want to say it. No, I know. I gotcha. He, he just looks like a guy in a suit. <laughs> I just can't believe he has no fucking feet. Got no feet. He's got no feet. Got no feet. Like, bro. you better come with a stand so you can fucking hold him up. I hope so. Yeah. Look at him duking it out in the football field. Yeah, in the second episode that I haven't watched yet. Yeah, and then there's Ultraman fighting them. Yeah. We still need to talk about that anime somehow. Yeah, we will. We will eventually. I mean, people are still wondering when the second season's coming because it was wasn't it supposed to come out like last two months ago? No, no. So we were. Com I was confused, thinking, "Oh, the second season's coming out in April this of uh, April this year," but it was that its Japanese broadcast was coming out April this year. Oh. Oh, so it's already out. No, 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 like the first season. Oh, oh okay. Because apparently they didn't get it until a year later. Oh, yeah, because this was only on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix, man. Give every, hold everything to themselves. Yeah, it's so special. Uh, I'm going to go make my own streaming service. Give us sponsor Netflix. We love you. Uh, but speaking, uh, speaking of shows, merchandise, or oh, early God. shows, uh, Kaiju Step one, Wanda Bada. Wanda Bada. Uh, got, got greenlit for a second season. Alright, Super Act Productions has confirmed the children's anime Kaiju Step Wanda Baba Bada will continue into a second season. Each episode of the series has a five minute runtime and is meant to be enjoyed by parents and children. The second season, new Kaiju from the Ultraman series will join the cast of Kaiju Children. So we got Ella Chan, who's Ella King. We got. Oh god, Jam Jamila. Oh no! That's terrible! Uh, we got Got Chan, Alien Guts. We got Moog Chan, Moogra. And that's it. That's it. Oh, fucking Jamila, are you fucking serious? Yeah. That meant. No! That episode was so tragic and sad. What, what, we, 
we are victorious. He sprayed him with water and he just died. Hide was upset. He was like, we shouldn't kill him, he's a human. Yeah, Kaiju's got roar roar. <laughs> he like went to like another planet and he just he got, he got lost in space and he breathed space air. And then he just turned into a fucking monster. God damn it. No, oh. don't use him in a children's show. No, like, the parents are just gonna be watching and be like, Oh. Oh god. We're gonna get flashbacks. Vietnam flashbacks. Never too young for a Vietnam flashback. But... It's one of my favorite jokes in like the past ten years. Speaking of the 70s... Alright. Uh, so, Premium Bandai announced a Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla first appearance figure. Ooh. So, it's... There are two Mechagodzilla figures where he's disguised as Godzilla. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it counts. Yeah, it like, counts. When he did show up, it was him as Godzilla. Yeah, it's a fake Godzilla. Yeah, and, and you can tell because you can see some of the silver on him. That's cool. I like that. Uh, so both these figures will be going for 13,200 yen and are scheduled for shipment in October of 2020. Neat. I'm, I'm so glad my Mechagodzilla is still getting getting the attention he deserves. No, <sighs> don't, don't think about Monster Planet. Stop thinking about Godzilla Monster Planet. Monster Planet doesn't exist. No. They're approximately 200 millimeters tall and 100 millimeters wide. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, speaking of Mechagodzilla, we also have a premium Bandai figure of a God's a, or a luminous figure of Godzilla from Terra of Terra of Mechagodzilla from 1975. Oh boy, that movie everyone loved. It was not really. It was bad. But so far, currently the lowest. Financial success in the Godzilla franchise. You can see why. And I think the second one above that is Godzilla Final Wars. Final Wars tank. Well, I liked that movie. It was so fun. Well, not everyone liked it. I know. You were actually saying it like yesterday, but like you don't like his design in that movie. I don't really like his design. It's too slim. Well, that was the thing. Like, I think what they were trying to do was they were trying to make him like look like a simple version of Godzilla. It's just like, he's just a, a giant green, grayish monster and he just does what he does. I liked it. And I like that he kicked Godzilla's ass. <laughs> kicked our Godzilla's ass. Dude, eating fucking bastard. So yes, uh, this figure will be going for 22,000 yen and Fuck. will also be coming out in 2020. Or, like, in October of 2020. That's gonna be like 250 bucks. For a 30 cents a piece of what? No. No, about no, 37 30 centimeters. I don't know. Uh, I was thinking of 30 inches. I'm like, oh, oh my that's... phone on me right now, so. <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, it it's, looks it's, good. It's, it's pretty tall. Yeah. Oh, 11 inches. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's almost, almost a foot. Yeah, it's almost a foot tall. Damn. It's a big boy. And thing also include, uh, thing also requires two AA batteries. Well, yeah, because they can, like, eh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's what Godzilla oh, says. I would love to just see Godzilla just fucking burp. What if he does in the Dr. Pepper commercial he's in? Oh my goodness. Of course he would in the Dr. Pepper commercial. <laughs> yeah. So you know how we were talking about Blu-ray releases? Uh-huh. So we got our next announcement. Oh! 
Neo Ultra Q. Wait, what? So, in 2013, to celebrate uh, Super Mario Productions 50th anniversary, uh, they teamed up with another station to release a 12 episode miniseries called Neo Ultra Q. So it's like a modern version of Ultra Q? It's considered the quote unquote second season of Ultra Q. Okay. Oh, Pikmon's in it. That's not Pikmon. Oh. You can understand my confusion. Yes, the face. But you sure it's not Pigmon? It's not Pigmon. Okay, it looks like Pigmon. <laughs> I don't fucking know. That looks like Pigmon. If you want to tell me what it is, and then I don't know what it is. Okay, I've never well, seen the Ultra Q. Well, then it's Pigmon. It's not Pigmon. How do, you, how do you know it's not Pigmon? Maybe it's a new version of Pigmon. It's not Pigmon. Because Pigmon didn't show up in Ultra Q. I did. No, Gabadon did. They used the same suits. Oh, so it's Gabadon then. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it, Gar, you're supposed to be the person who knows all this shit. Who, who do you think you are? Savage Caster? Freaking be like, oh, do you know about this Kaiju? I'm like, no. He's like, oh. The guy that knows everything about Ultraman. I never said that I knew what that was. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, gee, it looks like a lot like Pikmon. And you said, well, no, an Ultra Q is Gabadon. So I'm like, okay, then is it Gabadon? No. Anyways, this is coming out Damn August it. 11th. Good for it. You'll probably get it. I'll probably get it. probably once we finish talking about Ultra Q, we'll watch the Ultra Q. Or Ultra Q Dark Fantasy. Okay. Or the 1990 Ultra Q film. Fucking God! Or How many the, Ultra Q is there? Or the radio drama that aired in 2003 we're to not, 2004. We're not doing no, that. no, that we're not talking. That's too much. That's too much. Too much Ultra Q. Well, no, not enough Ultra Q. Ultra God, Q deserves Ultra more Ultra stuff. Ultra Q was supposed to fucking be the longest show. Well, no, it, it was Ultra Q that won the Guinness World Record for most spinoffs. Wow. Because Ultraman is considered a spinoff. And then Ultra 7 to spin off of Ultraman. And Return of Ultraman to spin off of that. Fucking god. Yeah, they just considered every other Ultraman show a spin off from Ultra Q. Damn it. And that's how it won the Guinness World Record. <laughs> that's stupid. Cool! I like the cover art. Anyways. That's totally Pigmon. <laughs> See, you can't say it's not Pigmon if you don't even know if it's Pigmon or not. I... So fuck you. Piece of shit. Anyways. Last news story. SSSS Dynazenon poster came out. Okay, it's a thing. If you look, if you look really, 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 really close to the back, I'm pretty sure you can see Anti standing there. Either that or it looks like a pole. I, I don't think I don't think that is him. No, it's a pole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Gee, I wonder who Dynazenon is. Probably the guy in the middle there. Probably the green guy. No. Uh, yeah, so it looks like we're getting, like, a whole new cast, but I'm still hoping to God that fucking Auntie's in it. Auntie should be the, like, if none of the other characters show up, Auntie should be the only one to make a comeback. Yes. Because it would make his not dying in the last season, you know, worth, worth it. <laughs> and not stupid. We also have character names. So we got Gauma, Yomogi, As Asanaka. Asanaka, Yumi Minami, 
and Koyomi Yamanaka and Chisei Asugawa. Cool. Cool. All right. Let, uh, I don't know who's who. None of those sound like Auntie. <laughs> fucking A. Grid Knight better be in this, man. We're going to be riding on a fucking dragon. Dinosaur. Whatever. Dragon dinosaur. Dragon dinosaur. This is the same thing. And this will probably be cool. It'll probably be just as trippy as the as the original one was. Watch this be like ten times worse. Yeah, you're just gonna judge the first episode and be like, "God, the animation's terrible." Oh my goodness. Yeah, you you just didn't get the animation at all. And like, just, uh, I think it was just how fluid everything is. Yeah. I'm like, these things are supposed to be like giant monsters and like giant like robots and such. You shouldn't be doing like backflips in the freaking air. Anyways, that's our last news story. Thank God, no. Okay. Oh yeah, we have episodes to talk about. Oh yeah, a lot of episodes to talk about. So, uh, now that Ultraman, Ultraman Tiga, basically any show that we were talking about is now over. Now, now we got a new batch like Gremlins 2 where we got a bunch of new shows that we have to deal with. I mean, watch. I mean, talk about. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, let's dive on. Let's dive into our first new show. So, Ultra 7. Yeah, Ultra 7. I have a vinyl figure of him. Yes, you do. Ultra 7. So, yeah, Ultra 7, the sequel series to Ultraman. Uh, and apparently one of, one of the most, if not the most popular Ultraman series. Because, like, Ultraman, you know, set this thing off, but Ultra 7 was apparently the one that, like, everyone talks about, everyone loves. Like, even, um... In Kaiju Club, like they were just gushing over Ultra Seven and how great it was. So and I think I know why. Just from watching this first episode. Oh. But we'll get into it. So yeah, debuting on October first, nineteen sixty-seven, directed by Hajime Subaraya, Eiji Subaraya's uh, son, and written by Tetsuo Kanshiro. Uh, it, it blew up in ratings. It got thirty-three point seven percent in ratings. Fuck. So I don't know. So that's like, what, one-third of the Japanese audience watching? Yeah. Damn. Damn, boy. But uh, we also got the opening, Ultra 7 no Ultra, or the song of Ultra 7. It's pretty good. Seven. 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 It's, seven. Not, it's not our bumper because of recent copyright strikes on yes. the channel. So we, just... so we got to work around that. Whatever's there... I hope I did a good job. We're just going to use, like, sh the schwas. It'll probably be, like, the transformation sound effect. A Actually, bit of that's, the, that sounds better. Like, the transformation sound effect with the orb ring saying the, the Ultra Hero's name and then the grunt. Yeah. Um, I do like, like, the opening for the song because it's, like, it's that cool, like, paint effect where if you, like, you put, like, a bunch of paint, like, on a, on a paper and you start, like, tossing it up and like yeah. the paint kind of like jumbles but they did it backwards yeah yeah so the logo is already made and then they like shuffled it around yeah so and then they just reversed the footage yeah so that that i love that effect with paint like i, I remember seeing that as a kid and i tried it once and it was really cool i'll take like your that. entire stock <laughs> um 
Yeah, no, the the song's cool. It doesn't it doesn't feel as, like awesome as like the first one. So someone the first one's kind of more like memorable and enjoyable. Someone described it as the national anthem. It does sound like a national, and the beginning of it sounds like the beginning of Mass Riders theme song. Where it's like da na da da da. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like the opening Mass Rider. So, so yeah, uh, the series begins at night. Where uh, some police officers are doing some traffic check work. I'm looking for licenses and registrations. License and registration, please. And then the guy disappears. So, you know, a typical Tuesday night. Yep. On a Sunday. Yep. <laughs> and so the guy's like, What? Oh my god, he's moving on. Holy shit. Oh my god, he's going to mess me. Oh my god. <laughs> take it. Take whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, apparently, there's a secret alien invasion in the works. Oh my goodness, no. Uh, so who can who can stop it by the Terrestrial Defense Force or the TDF? Yeah, TDF's not going to do anything about it. They're going to get their own people a part of it because apparently the TDF have their own subgroup in the organization called the Ultra Guard. So that's probably what the inspiration for Guts was. The TPC. The TPC, and then they had their own subgroup called Guts. Yeah. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes, that's cool. I mean, it it's kind of what governments do. They have subgroups for things. Now, I'm going to say the Ultra Guard, that's already a cool fucking name. The Ultra Guard. Sounds awesome. And their fucking outfits? Incredible. They're so fucking nice. And not because they're they're gray. That is a very very awesome thing that makes them even better. But... They, look, they look like pajamas. <laughs> like, uh, it's just something, so, like, I just really like them because, like, I don't know, the grace stands out more because, like, when you when you saw them, like, walking around with everyone else, like, all the higher-ups and, like, the other workers, they like, didn't, they, they, they stood out more. They didn't look out of place, like, you know, when, in the second episode of Ultraman, you have Cap sitting there with government officials, they're all wearing, like, you know, you, like, your typical, like, suits where he's wearing, like, the orange outfit. Yeah. But it's definitely... I definitely want to say this about Ultra 7. The quality of the show has gone up. Oh, boy, has they... After Ultraman, they, like... They're, like... Yeah, and keep in mind, they did... Like, they did Ultra Q and Ultraman, like, back-to-back production-wise. So, like, once they were done Ultra Q, they went straight into Ultraman. Like, it feels like... It feels like the same thing, like, what they did with Ginga. Like... Ginga didn't wasn't like that well funded, and then it got interest and popularity, and then they were like, "Okay, here, are, are, go go make the proper Ultraman you wanted to make." Yeah, like they're still struggling a bit, so we'll let you do this. Yeah, so Ultra Seven feels like what Ultraman always wanted to be, because like Ultraman, they did they they used what they had. And, yeah. like, you know, they still did it pretty fucking well. But Ultra 7 feels like they got a budget. Because, like, you see all these, like, bigger shots. They have more extras and stuff like that. In the background, working on stuff. And... Not to mention they had 20 weeks, like, 20, well, like, between 20 to 30 weeks to work on it. Because once they were done Ultraman, they were working on another show for a different channel. It was called Captain Ultra. It's on the Toei Tokusatsu oh, yeah, channel. Yeah. Uh, it ran for like 24 episodes and then Ultra 7 happened. So that's like a good 20 weeks worth of like preparation time to do to mm-hmm. like make something. 
you know, uh, and not have it rushed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we do get introduced to our cast of the Ultra Guard. Yes. Uh, so we have the leader of the leader of the team, Captain Kiriyama. Uh, which like, there's a bit of like bios written up on them. So like, he's 38 years old, born in Tokyo, and he's been a part of the TDF for 16 years. It's not Cap though. No, he's not Cap. He's not because like I don't know like. This guy has to do some cool stuff to, like, get me interested in him, but, like, he just didn't feel like he had that strong presence like Cap did in Ultraman. Because, like, Cap, Cap, when you walked into the room, he just, he, he owned that room. Well, I think it's because it's, like, it's the whole, like, it's the whole Iruma General Sila thing. It's, like, sure, you're the leader of the group, but you But these higher-ups have you. But you had your higher ups, yeah. where Cap he didn't. Sure, there was the uh, the the Paris base, but we never saw the Paris base. So Cap was the leader. But one of the generals we did recognize. Yes. So uh, I actually wrote it down uh, in the notes, but the, the I didn't I should put ultra facts in. Uh, oh, here it is. So uh, one one of the council members of the TDF who only shows up in this episode, unfortunately was played by Akihiko Hirata, who was Dr. Iwamoto in Ultraman. And... Oh, and... Alright, so... Sarazawa and... Or was it Sarazawa? Yeah, yeah, he was Dr. Sarazawa and Godzilla. Godzilla, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so... Uh, the TDF want... Uh, want Kiriyama to get his group together and figure out what the hell is going on, because apparently this isn't the first case of disappearing people. People have been disappearing left and right. For like the last few weeks, and we're just getting this information now. Yeah. Thanks, Dex. Thank you. Um, so we also got introduced to Soga, age twenty-five years old, born in Kyushu, and he's been part of the organization for three years. Yeah. There's uh, Agami, who is twenty-four years old, born in uh, not, Nagoya. At Nagoya, he spent two years in the TDF, and he is an expert planner. He's a tactician. Yeah, we also have Anna, who doesn't have an age. I like that the, the, the narrator was just like, ah, it's rude to, to mention. Uh, well, speaking of which, the narrator was actually voiced by Urano Hikari, who voices Zafi in the, uh, during the Showa era. Hey, there you go. It's, like, it's narrated by Zafi. Yeah. And Zafi's just telling everyone, telling everyone the land of light, like the story of Ultra 7. You know, Ultra Seven just looking... Sophie, I'm right here. I could have told the story. Eh, hey, 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 it's my story! Eh, you suck at it. Yeah, you suck at it. Anyways. Let your uncle Sophie tell you. Sophie's everyone's dad. <laughs> Sophie's everyone's dad. Like you were saying that Ultraman apparently had like has a brother. I think so Zoffie and Ultraman are brothers. I can see it. Because like they look the same. Well that's racist. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, there's Anna who's only been uh, Anne. Yeah, sorry, Anne, who's only been in the organization for two years, the only female member of the Ultra Guard. And always will be. Yeah, and always will be. <laughs> uh, born in Tokyo. And we have. We saved him for last. Furuhashi, who is 29 years old, born in Hokkaido. Seven years. And he is the strongest member of the TDF. But that's not why we saved him for last. He is played. By Sandayu Doku Dokuman, Dokuman Mushi. 
who played Arashi in Ultraman. Yeah, so they got Arashi's actor to fucking come back as a character, and we were just like, what? So, it's not implied or ever said, but we just put it in our canon that that's Arashi's twin brother. In a 2016 novel called Ultraman F, apparently he and Arashi are twin brothers, in which Arashi was given up for adoption, like he was left, like he was left with the family. So it's like I could see that. It could also just be like you know the big coincidence that hey they look alike. Yeah, but I like to think they're twins. So, but yeah, the strongest member and also the most flexible because like when we saw him he was like jumping on a trampoline doing flips and stuff and i was like oh all right who's agile that's cool uh yeah so they all gathered together and so uh two of them decide to go off uh to investigate what's going on yeah uh, so going for hashi in which they drive around in the pointer i love this thing Oh yeah, it's a fucking sick ass car. Apparently, it is a modified 1958 Chrysler Imperial. Ooh. Which there's actually a YouTube video um, of someone that has like a custom built one in Japan. Which I, uh, the video the video link will be in the description. It's a great video. I recommend it. But yeah, they're just driving. Around, they're just you know moving right along. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> they bump into this, you know, strange guy wearing yellow. Who's this guy? Yeah. You got a name? Uh, he's Dan. Dan Moraboshi. Dan Moraboshi. Alright. <laughs> so, yeah, like, so it's established that in Ultra 7, he's just here. He's already, like, he has a human form. He's already on Earth. Like, we don't really get, like, a proper origin as to why he's here. Uh, apparently, that's explained in episodes 14 and 15. Oh, oh, why he's here? Yeah. Okay. So, 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 it's not like they're just ignoring it. It's just, we're saving it for later. Okay. Until we get there, though, I kind of have a better idea of how they could have introduced them. So, I feel like, because, like... He shows up, and then he just talks to them, like, oh, I know what's going on, like, and they're like, well, why should we trust you? And, like, it's, like, they activate, like, a smoke screen to, like, kind of get him out of the way, and they're like, ha, 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 we got rid of him, and then you just see him, it cuts to him sitting on the roof of their car, just going, ha, 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 you guys are funny. And he's like, get the fuck off there! Get the hell out of my car, old man! Um, and then, like, the... Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Right, uh, yeah, like, the police drive by, and, like, he's trying to warn them, and it's like, get off the road! <laughs> and car disappears. Yeah. But, like, how I feel like they sh- he should have been introduced was, like, who are you? Oh, uh, I'm Dan Moraboshi. Oh, you're the new recruit we've been waiting on. Like, because he kind of just, like, goes with them, tells, like, they trust him because he knows what's going on, and then he brings them back to their base, and they're like, Oh, this is Dan Moraboshi. He knows what's going on. Yeah, invisible ship. Blah, 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 blah. You should build this thing. It's like, why should you trust this random fucking guy you just found in the middle of nowhere? He, how does he know all this information? Exactly. So I feel like it should have been, like, he should have just been like, oh, there was a recruit who was being added to the Ultra Guard named Dan Moraboshi, and just Ultra 7 took him as a host. Yeah, because, like, you know, like, Dan Moraboshi ends up becoming... Like the sixth member of the Ultra Guard. Was it the seventh member? No, the seventh member is Ultra Seven. Uh, Hence his name. Oh. Ultra Seven. Oh. 
but Ultra 7 is the first in production history to not have a human host. Hmm. Ultra 7 is Dan Moroboshi. He reverts into a human. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, like, he brings them back, he, they bring them back to the base, and then, like, he explains, like, what's going on, and it's like, well, it's invisible, so you have to build this atomizer thingy to, uh, to, like, see the monster, and it's like, well, can we make this? Oh, yeah, your science division should be able to make it pretty freaking quickly, and they're like, alright. Well, we need the higher-ups approval. We approve. Alright, let's it can be done go. super fast, do it. So, they built it, and then they use from, like, I guess you watch different subtitles from the ones I watched, but it's... Wait, 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 were yours yellow? Yeah. Okay, so you're watching the original Shout Factory DVDs. Which, uh, it, it, it translated it as the super long distance radar. Uh, okay, so... They... Apparently, it is called the Ultra High Sensitive Radar. That sounds like a more professional name than the Super Long Distance Radar. The super Long Oh, Shout Factory, you tried. Dinosaur Squadron, Sea Ranger. So, yeah, and so they also deploy their ship. Uh, 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 um, I'm trying to find the name of their ship. <laughs> I, I, just, all the words just blur together. Made too many notes, Scar. Yeah. <laughs> the Ultra Hawk One. Yeah, which is actually a pretty awesome fucking uh, jet fighter because it turns into three separate jets. Yeah, it splits apart. Uh, and also, they got introduced to the like the alien for this episode, Alien Pool. Yeah. And he's all like this little like floaty bastard with like big eyes, and he's like, ah, I'm taking your your human suck. We you are merely bugs for us to squish you. We're gonna invade your planet, and by doing so, we are in we're kidnapping your people so that we can understand your psychology and physical attributes. Yeah, but there's more of us posted around the world, you moron, and you are nothing. You are nothing to us. Yeah, he like calls he, like he calls them like mere insects that like they'll have, they'll easily squish. And, um, and it's like blast the ship, but they have the people. Yeah, we can't we can't risk shooting the ship and, down. And we can't even see their ship, so it's a lose lose situation. Uh, but with the atomizer, they use it and they're able to reveal the ship. Which now I don't know if the sh the ship itself was just always red, or it's because the atomizer made it red. I think. I'm guessing the atomizer just. Prevented, just stopped it from being invisible. Yeah, because well, it's not invisible. It was. It's kind of like what the helicarrier did in the Avengers movie, where it has like panels to make it look like the sky. Oh, okay. So basically, the atomizer uh, discolored, basically uh, altered the coloring so that they could actually see it. Okay, yeah, and so like they they blast it, and then it, uh, they follow it down to a chasm, which it like. Uh, it, like, sets down in, like, a canyon, and then the ship's following it in the canyon, but then it shoots the ship down, and they crash. Um. Releases some drones. Yeah, releases some drones, and so then Dan Morboshi feels like he has to get involved. Uh, which he, before he turns into Ultra 7, he does something else, which was surprising. Yeah, so. Man, you remember Pokemon? Hey, remember where... Did you ever watch that old Did You Know Gaming videos about Pokemon? And how they mentioned that, you know, Pokemon was based on Ultraman? 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that's where also Capsule Corp got the idea, where Akira Toriyama got the idea for Capsule Corp. Wow. Yeah, that, that's the other thing about Ultra 7. It was very heavily inspired a lot of shit. So, Dan Moroboshi carries around in his pocket uh, Kaiju Capsules. Kind of like how the Ultra Capsules and Gene work. Yep. Where, uh, it, it's, like, he, like, tosses it and it releases, uh, it releases Kaiju Capsules, for instance. Uh, Windom is our first kaiju. Uh, it's like this, like, robotic chicken. Yeah. Uh, apparently in the book, Eiji Tsuburaya Master of Monsters, they were just intending to just reuse monsters from Ultraman, because it would have been cheaper and quicker. But they were like, no, we should probably make some original kaijus for this show. Just in case. Because they are originally going to have them be like, go, Gomera, or like, like basically kaijus we've already seen before. Oh, I would have loved to be some of them. But I mean, that happens in the Mega Monster Battle. Right? Yeah. Which I hope we get to talk about that show someday. We'll talk about it. I, I have a feeling we'll talk about it next year. Imagine that got released on Blu-ray through Mill Creek. That would be great. Both seasons? Yeah. I mean, you're already releasing the Zero movie. With them in it. Does Toy have the rights to that? Or does Super have the rights to that show? They have the rights to everything. Okay, cool. I think the only thing that's not getting a release are, like, the click shows. Okay. Me you know what? If they release, if Milk Creek releases Mega Monster Battle on Blu-ray, I will buy all that. Because I, I like the concept of that series. I think it's really cool. And I like I like Ray. Ray's cool. Mm -hmm. Good character. Um, yeah, so, Wyndham. Pretty cool dude. He, uh, I think he was about to be destroyed, though, by the drones. Because he, he smashed a couple of them. And then one, like, was about to shoot him down. Uh, yeah, they, like, so merged together to, like... Fire their like, yeah, focus on like a magneton. Yeah, magneton. Um, and then, so Dan, I guess, like, worried about Wyndham's safety, so he reverted back because I think he was literally about to get his fucking ass kicked. Yeah, he's like, Wyndham, return. So I feel like we're going to have an episode where, like, Wyndham just gets fucking ass kicked and gets destroyed, and we're going to be like, no, Wyndham! <laughs> um, and then just Dan's just like, all right, I got to do this. So we don't get the proper transformation sequence, but he, like, jumps in the air and then he just has the. Ultra Eye. Ultra Eye. And then you just hear, like, the... Uh, that may be because the stock footage that they have of the transformation sequence already has him wearing the Ultra Guard uniform. Yeah, so they just had to do a really quick one. Yeah, so it's like, it shows his face, and then, like, they cut it, and it went straight to the Ultra 7 suit. And... Ultra 7's design's nice. I like it, because it's different. He looks very different from, like, Comparing him to Ultraman, he's more red than silver. And he doesn't have a color timer. Yeah, so apparently the color timer that originated on Ultraman was a last ditch, like, was like a last modification thing that they included onto the suit, where the suit designer hated it. Oh. So when working on Ultra 7, he didn't want that. So Ultra 7 is, he does not include a color timer. No. Instead, he has a thing on his forehead called the energy lamp or beam. I can't remember the name. I can't remember the proper name of it at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I kind of like his look a bit more. He has a more samurai look, if you think of it. Yeah, because he's got, like, armor on him. He's got a lot of star moves. He doesn't have star moves. Oh, I thought that's what the bumps are. Oh, no. No, oh, it's okay. just, like, a guarding. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm stupid. <laughs> Um, Ultra 7 doesn't deserve those. But the first time we see him, 
goes human size. Yeah, he's human size. Yeah, so he like and like how he defeats Alien Cool is just like really anticlimactic. He just like rushes into the ship, destroys his equipment, looks over at Alien Cool, throws his ice slugger at him, and just cuts him in half. And then he just it's like a ten second shot of just Alien Cool being like dead. Dead. Finds the finds the missing humans. Deactivates the gravity. Gets them out. Now, apparently there was an extended version of the script of the first episode of Ultra 7, where they were going to go into space to rescue the humans from their planet, and then Ultra 7 was going to fly back and rescue them. But unfortunately, you know, time constraints, yeah. we don't have time for that. So that's, so, why, that's why I probably felt really just, like, fucking quick and over with. Oh, yeah. It, like, did you not notice that also felt really choppy? Yeah. Like, he, he pulls the lever on the door, next shot is them run like already outside running towards the ultra guard by the way the ultra guard passed out uh from the crash yeah. of the ultra hawk that's why they didn't notice dan Warboshi turning it into ultra seven and the episode kind of just ends with ultra seven taking the spaceship like taking the spacecraft tossing it outside like tossing it out into space and then just blowing it up yep and then it cuts to them being like, oh, back to the Ultra Guard, just being like, oh, man, like, glad that Dan Morboshi guy was here to help. And then, like, uh, General comes in and he's like, well, meet your new member. Hi. Hi, I'm Dan Morboshi. <laughs> so, again, those uniforms are just... And it's cool. They actually made a figure out of Dan Morboshi. He's that popular. Yep. He got a figure of his human form. Yeah, not Hayata. Which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, so, honestly... Good first episode. I think the quality's there. I like the Ultra Guard, like the concept of them and everything. I don't know about you, but did the episode feel longer to you? It did. It felt fucking long. Like it, like it was only supposed to be like 24 minutes, but like, 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 it's, like it's a 25 minute episode. And I'm like, okay, it's probably longer than Ultraman's first episode. No, Ultraman's first episode's also 25 minutes. Hmm. So I'm, 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 I was wondering, I'm like, why does this feel longer than Ultraman does? I think it's just because we got a lot more context. So, like, we had a lot to introduce. It's like we have our main character, our organization, the members within that organization. Like, what's going on, the vehicles, the abilities. So, like, we had a lot to put in in one episode. So that's why it felt long, because it was just a lot in it. And uh, from what I was reading, reading on, Ultra 7's apparently meant to be a more mature show than Ultraman was. Oh yeah, it's probably like, especially because we're going to see a lot of cuts of just Ultra 7 fucking cutting kaijus in half. Well, not even that, but like, like the, the storylines itself are going to feel more like pre-teens, adults than like, you know, oh no, the Boy Scout... <laughs> the Boy Scouts lost their food, so now the kids have to go and find more people. Send the kids, not the fucking adults. Yeah, it's gonna be more like, oh, like how do we do this stuff with science? With science. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm excited for what Ultra Seven's gonna deliver. I think it's gonna be great. So, I'm, I'm ready for more. I'm ready for more too. Ultraman, great. Now let's go on to something a little more lackluster, but still interesting. So, you're all probably thinking, okay, you're going to talk about Dinah next, because you did Ultraman Tiga, so it's going to be Ultra 7 and Dinah. Uh, not quite. Not yet. Not just yet. 
So, before we move on to Dinah, we have another show that we wanted to talk about, and that is the first full-length Ultraman show that was made outside of Japan. And that is Ultraman Towards the Future. Or in Japan, it's Ultraman Great. So... The Australian Ultraman. Yeah, it's the Australian Ultraman. It's the Ultraman based in Australia. Which I'm thinking, oh, okay, they filmed it in Australia. Okay, it's going to be set in America or something. No, it's set in Australia. I'm like, wow. So, I was going to say this. This sh- From the first episode we watched, it's like, forgive my pun, it's not that great, but it's interesting it's not terrible like like there's actually some pretty good like original stuff in concepts here and it's like not awful so like it, 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 <laughs> that's what that's a good way to put it. Yeah. so it, it it starts on mars in space and so we got these two we got these two astronauts they're exploring mars probably looking for the dumpster who fucking knows i mean that was on the moon but hey if power rangers taught us anything air air is breathable in space yeah really um so we get to we get introduced to our main character jack shindo and i guess he's half japanese half australian i'm sorry just jack shindo well okay Gar, when you have a character named Dan Moriboshi, Jack Shindo's not that bad. I know, but it's like, it sounds like such an American name. But he's Australian. And then Shindo. Yeah, Jack Shindo. And then you've got his partner, Stanley Haggard. See, that sounds like an actual name. It's like, Jack Shindo sounds like two first names. Shindo! We found a way to bring the joke back, everyone. Yay. Um, yeah, so I'm guessing I'm guessing he's half Australian, half Japanese, because he did kind of look Asian. Maybe he's like Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. His, his mother was Asian. His mother's Japanese, his father was American. Yeah. Yeah. Go If you have not watched Buckaroo Banzai, you need to watch that. It's, a, it's an interesting movie. I bought it on Blu-ray off Shout Factory, so I want to rewatch it again. Not to mention the Shout Factory Blu-ray does come with a two-hour retrospective of the original cast coming back, talking about their experience of working on it. Ooh, that's gonna be fun. To watch. Two hours. We need to watch that itself. Yeah. Um. So while exploring Mars, uh, the two astronauts encounter a new species, an alien, an evil life form known as Gudis. Gudis. Which uh, apparently he'll be showing up in Ultraman Z, because uh, this air. So this aired on North American television in 1992. It didn't go to. Uh, I didn't reach Japan until 1995. Shit. A year before Tiga came out. Oh man. I don't know why. And why did why didn't this show pick up in the West Gar? Um, I I originally thought it was like it was because of Power Rangers, but when looking at the air dates, Ultraman came out like a year be like a good year before Power Rangers, but. I guess it just didn't... A giant man in suit. Just doesn't seem just cool. Just didn't sound cool. <laughs> but giant robot... A giant robot, though. Yes. Well, I mean, if you compare greats fighting with, say, like, Ranger stock footage, because you gotta, yeah. you gotta compare Ranger because the majority of the first season of Mighty Morphin was just Ranger footage. Yep. Yeah. 
it's night and day. Yep. Ultraman's very static with its fighting, where Zoo Ranger, it's full on like full on martial arts. Um. Yeah. So they they see this monster and they're just the kaiju and they're just like, oh fuck! So like we got they got to get back to like their ship. So I mean, about what they were doing? Like, I guess they were just trying to find life forms uh, or something. They're like taking. According to the narrator, they were just on an expedition. Okay, so they're probably because so, like we're trying to even today, like in twenty twenty, we're still trying to like find reasons to make Mars habitable so we can put life on Mars. Yeah. Because like if Earth gets fucked, Mars is our second best chance of survival. Um, so, like, one of them decides to, like, get to the ship so they can contact for help. Yeah, Stan, uh, Stanley Haggard, because, so Ultraman Great shows up. Yeah, he just shows up. He, he just shows up. And all his spandex-wearing goodness, guard does not like the spandex suit. I, <laughs> alright, I think I, I need to explain, explain a bit. It's not that... I don't like the span. Watching the first episode twice, I've gotten used to it now. It's that when Great's around everyone else who is in a latex suit, or not latex, it's like whatever the suits are made of, I could be right with the latex thing. He looks so out of place. I getcha. I like the spandex though. It makes him look like stand out more. It just it makes him look more cheap than like everyone else. And that, that's the thing. Like I think that what that's what they were trying to do is like this just feels like a cheap attempt at Ultraman. We're not so, putting like, all of our money into so, it. So I feel like yeah, I feel like that's why Subaru just wasn't. They weren't confident in this working, but they're like, we'll we'll do what we can, but we're not going full ham on this. So, but like I like his suit. I love the sound of his fucking color timer. This is like, weep, 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 weep. It's like a basic, like, alarm noise. And then, like, Great's grunts were just, like, basic, I guess. I can't even remember what they were, honestly. Like, true! 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 Um, so he's fighting, and unfortunately, Stanley gets zat, gets dice. He gets blown up. Where's your big book of, big book of animals? <laughs> no, I got Stanley. Oh, okay. No. Um, but yeah, he, he, he gets blown up in the ship, and Jack, unfortunately, gets stranded on Mars, but he looks up at Great, and Great's just like, oh, hey there, buddy, you look cute. Ah! No, it didn't happen. But hey, you don't need to take our word for it. Take the narrator's word for it. What in the hell? Did, not even, I'm not even, like... Gar hated this. Okay, the narrator concept, I don't mind. You just don't like when he's explaining shit that's already happening on screen. It's like the people are 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 watching in awe at, at this this cosmic event. Yeah, I get felt like we were watching like um oh what are they called documentaries? No, freaking caption things for people that are blind that watch. Television. Oh, closed captioning. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like I watch like for some reason it was on television one day it was like an episode of like a disney show which it had that and it would over talk over the audio yeah and i'm like okay that makes because it's the narrator explaining what the what's happening in the scene while the 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 actual characters are talking because like you can't tell by their just their dialogue yeah so it's like i'm walking in the classroom now i'm going to over there and talk to my like friend lisa like they're not going to say that in the show no so but it's like He's explaining what we see on screen. 
That's the, the, the Inuyasha effect, as I like to call it. Yeah, it's a- oh my god, Inuyasha's being attacked by the giant demon! We already saw him being attacked by the giant demon. You don't need to fucking say it again. Yeah, he's like, he's like Jack Shindo is now stranded on uh, stranded on Mars with no contact what with no contact uh, to What's Earth. Earth. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we know. We can see it. Yeah, so he's just, Jack's stuck on Mars. We, we don't know what happened to him. Uh, but ugly Martian's gone. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, so then we cut to Australia. Down under. Where we meet the Universal Multipurpose Agency, or UMA. <laughs> UMA. And its workers are Gene Echo, Kim Shauman, Charles Morgan, Lloyd Wilder, and they're commanded by the great Captain Arthur Grant. AKA Major Chip Hazard. Yeah, yeah kind of, he kind of had that effect. But like... Just without the... Who voiced Chip Hazard again? Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah, just no Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> um, so, of course, in this organization, because being like... It being a... Uh, like a North American, like a Western show. Well, Australia's technically East. Well, so. it's a Western. Yeah, it's for a Western audience. Yeah. Uh, you gotta have a diverse cast. So, you know, you gotta have a couple white people, you gotta have a black person, Asian person. British guy. British guy. Well, no, I, I think they're all the people are Australians. But no, I like that. I always like diversity. I like a diverse cast in shows. It's always good. Like, it, I like even when Japan does that sometimes. Like, it makes the show feel like, like more diverse. Yeah, which in Ultra 7, one of the higher-ups was also a white dude, but they dumped him over in Japanese, and I was like, god damn it, I hate, I, I don't like when they do that. Like, I like in modern shows now where they actually have, like, the characters speaking their native tongue. Oh, you like, mean like when we were watching Battle Fever J? <sighs> Hello, how are you? Don't, uh, the I, fuck, oh, we're fucking, what's her, Diane's father? Yeah, Diane's father. Oh, we have this translator computer thing that's Fox, this, right in our way. talking, and then just, we assume she has that around her for the rest of the show. Damn it. She, um, when she's actually around. Yeah, so they're, they're picking up, like, so something. So with Ultra... Okay, you probably... We were, like, talking to each other while watching this, and, you know, I went back to yeah. the notes. So apparently when Ultraman Great defeated Gudis, his life force energy went to Earth. Mm. And it infected some creatures. So in, in a sense, the... Uh, the kaijus of the show are basically just mutated Gudis kaijus. Oh, okay. Which fucking kaiju we saw on, on Earth? Ugh. Where was that thing hiding? Like, it was this creature thing, and then it had, like, a lizard penis head thing. It was weird. Like, it was on his dick. It was a twin brain earth beast bowgun. Bowgun, yeah, but he had, like, a. It, it, imagine twin tail fused with Dorosaurus. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Like, I, I'll give him props for like originality, but like, fuck. Yeah. So, so yeah, Jack Shindo merged with Ultimate, like merged with Ultimate Great so to get. He's, he's back on Earth. And he's he, back he's spying he, on people. He's back on Earth, and Jack Shindo only knows that this is just the beginning. Yeah, he's got like the fucking sunglasses, trying to be trying to be as discreet as possible, but he can't. This isn't a disguise. This is just us going to a baseball game. So, like Gene, I guess like Gene and Jack have like a past of some kind, like a love life, like a love for each other. Or something. A will they know. won't they thing now? Yeah. So 
She she misses Jack. Like she said, that like he's gone. Well, the, because when they got the information back from Mars, there was just no confirmation on bodies whatsoever. And so... So she's like, where is he? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And we got Charles and Lloyd, who are kind of like the comic reliefs, which... I like those two. They were fun. They were fun. And, like, I think Lloyd makes, like, a funny... Or Charles makes a funny joke at some point where, like, they're talking about the monsters. Oh, no, it was Lloyd. Oh, it was Lloyd? Yeah, okay. yeah Lo- Lloyd's, uh, Lloyd's the, uh... Oh, how do I put this? Black guy? Yeah. <laughs> Gar, it's okay to say he's the black guy. It's not racist. He, he is the man of color. Yeah. Trying to be PC about this. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and like Captain Morgan's like, oh, you gotta go attack the monster. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like, no questions asked. Like, like, uh, spray the monster down. And and uh, Lloyd's like, wait, you don't want me to take it to lunch first? And then you just see Charles like making like a weird thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, like he like he pats Lloyd on the on the shoulder. He's like, hey, good joke. Yeah, nice <laughs> joke. And I was like, <laughs> um, and so like I guess Jean like crashes. Or no, she she was in no no it was uh, Kim who was in the in the jeep which was a pretty fucking cool jeep she had like a giant cannon on it. Okay, you ready to see some? You ready to hear some crazy things? Sure. Okay, so Kim was in the jeep. Yep. The jeep is called the Salt. Oh, okay. You know what the you know what the jets are called? What? The Hummers. <laughs> They're called the Hummers when they're jets. Yeah, because the Hummer's a car. It's like a yeah. giant SUV. How confusing would that be? We're like, I'm taking the Hummer. You hop in a jet. It's like, Hummer's over there, guys. I guess the, je- I guess the jets hum loudly, so that's why they're called Hummers. I don't know. Maybe it's, not, maybe it's an Australian term. It's probably an Australian. Yeah, there, there's probably going to be a lot of Australian stuff that we don't get. Um, But yeah, so like Jean, she's like injured or something like that, and uh, so... The, the bowgun yeah I got her yeah so Jack uh, Jack finds her and she's like it's like oh Jean she's like but Jack I thought you were dead it's like oh you gotta believe me like that the, the monster's here attacking so why should I believe you you've been dead blah, 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 blah. It's just like it's like it's really bad acting and like it's just Jack's like you gotta believe me like go and do you wrong and she's like oh blah. Like, we can't beat that thing. There are two... Like, the reason they didn't attack is because there are still people in the city. Yeah. Or, or at least on the mainland. Because their base is on, like, a small island yeah. off, off of Australia. Mm-hmm. Which was cool. Like, you know, when they were deploying, like, their vehicles and stuff, like, the effects looked awesome. Wait, so how did Kim drive the... The... Bleh, I feel like I feel like it's like a... I feel like it's like a Lightspeed Rescue base kind of thing. Where oh. there's, like, a road that's, like, underground. Yeah, that's probably water. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kim, like, fires the cannon and stuff like that at Bogan, and it's not doing anything, so then Jack, like's like, oh, like, don't worry, I got this. Uh, like, yeah, like, um, Gene passes out, so, like, Jack's like, I'm gonna turn into... Ultraman. Into so Ultra. he transforms using a necklace. Um, but, but the Delta Plasma Pendant. The Delta Plasma Pendant. That sounds like such a non-Ultraman device. Like, you have the G-Riser, the Orb Ring, the Rube Gyro, the Taiga Spark, the Delta Plasma Pendant? That sounds nothing like Ultraman! May I remind you, Lane, that in the dub of Ultraman, they called the color timer a warning light. 
Oh, what's your favorite Ultraman transformation device? Oh, mine's the Delta Plasma Pendant. Sorry, the what? Yeah. There's a premium Bandai item of it. The yeah, premium band Ultra Replica De Delta Plasma Pendant. Yes. Is there actually one? Yes. Oh my god. It's not an Ultra Replica, but it's an actual pendant. <laughs> Alright. And so we got Great's transformation. They, even, they can't even get that fucking right. Like, he just... It's just a shot of him, like, in the city, and then he just grows bigger. And I'm like, you can't even do the proper shot of him, like, the like him stretching his fist out or whatever, like, towards the camera. Well, yeah, well, this is for an American audience. Like, like you think an American audience would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I'm texting on my imaginary phone because it's 1992. Even in fucking Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, they did that. Well, yeah, but that's because it was, like, stock footage. Yeah, no choice. Uh, anyways, I didn't like it. I thought it was terrible. So it's a disgrace to Ultraman, I think. But then you got, like, what? Nothing. Okay. Uh, but then, like, he's fighting. It's not even that great. It's, I I think the, like, some of the shots are good. Yeah, like, it's not all bad, but, like, it just doesn't feel like Ultraman. You know what it feels more like? Mm. Feels like a, like, one of those shows from the nine, like from the early nineties, yeah. Like one of those Nickelodeon show, like one of those Nickelodeon live action shows, freaking classic Doctor Who, Red Dwarf. Like it felt like that show because of just how the show was filmed. So like it just, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, the music is, yeah, they heavily went with the Star Trek feel. Of it. Oh my god, yeah. Freaking the opening felt like a Star Trek freaking thing. And apparently, uh, Arthur, the captain, he reminded me a bit of Thunderbolt Ross because he's like, like blow it up. It may be an enemy. It's like, but sir, it's it's attacking the monster. And then what? Yeah, like he's like, even though it's like, you don't nothing giant is friendly. Like nothing giant is on our side. The information that we got back from the Mars uh, from from the Mars uh, workers, they referred to the creature as Ultraman. <laughs> He actually sent that. He actually sent that. He actually sent the. He oh, that's just there. great. Ultraman great. I don't think they refer to him as Ultraman great. In this no, show. I think he's just Ultraman in this. So, so why is his name great? That's yeah, I wonder why Japan decided to dub him great. I, we gotta look more into that. Yeah. Um, so he defeats Bogan and Jack Shindo rides off and... Becomes just, a common rider. Yeah, and the narrator's just like... Whoa. No one must know about Jack Shindo's secret identity as Ultraman. Warrior of the stars. Or savior from the stars. Yeah. So it's like, great, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I can't tell you Ultraman. Oh, good thing the show only lasted 13 episodes. There was going to be a second season in a movie. Oh, boy. Where he goes to Japan to oh. team up with the original Ultraman. Oh, my goodness. That actually would have been interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, Ultraman Grey, we're, we're in, not in for the long run, but, like, you know, it's just going to be one of those things where it is it is what it is. So it's either just going to be really bad or tolerable. Or funny. Yeah, like it, it. Like I said, it's this isn't bad. It's just like it's not the Ultraman I'm used to, and it's 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 the way it's North. It's it's like the it's first English adaptation, like attempt at it. So like I can't. I gotta cut them some slack. They 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 tried with what they got. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh-oh. Um, d d Diana time? Oh, baby, yeah! So here we are, folks, the moment I've been waiting for since fucking episode whatever when Dinah showed up in Origin Saga and I started falling in love with Dinah. I think episode three or four. Yeah, so we're finally talking about it. Ultraman Dinah. No, it didn't come out on Crunchyroll like we wanted, but fuck Crunchyroll. They, they, they betrayed us. It was because of acting, like actors, actor licenses. Yeah. Um, but yes. So Ultraman Dinah, the sequel to Tiga. Heavy sequel to, well not heavy sequel to Tiga. More like the common Rider Agito of Ultraman. Yeah, I feel it has that kind of Agito feel to it where it's like, you know, Tiga's mentioned, but it's just not really brought up. I honestly went went past like like I honestly can see like Kuga and Agito gaining inspiration from Tiga and Dinah. Mm-hmm. Just how they're both inter, but I think Dinah has a better interconnection, or at least like has a better connection with Tiga. Yeah. Where in like Agito, it was like brought up once or twice, and then that was it. Here, it's no, it's definitely a sequel. Um. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about the first two episodes because technically it's like a two-part. Yeah, premiere. it's a two-part. Uh, it's a two-part. Two-part uh, premiere, a new light, uh, in which what are the odds this episode, the the two-parter starts off on Mars? Salt Spring Great gonna show up again? Imagine that'd be awesome. Just have a quick like, is his dead corpse just on the surface of Mars? Just a dead corpse of Great. Jack knows. Just his glasses are there on a skeleton. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, but yeah, so... It's the 21st century, 2017 apparently, because apparently it's takes place seven years after Tiga. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I've always known that Dinah took place in the year 2017. But for Tiga, I thought it was ten years, not seven years. So yeah, this takes place seven years after... Uh, Ultraman Tiga, five years after uh, Final Odyssey. And Japan had a lot of high hopes for what 2017 was going to be like, huh? They were expecting us... They expected in 20 years we would reach Mars. I guess so, and like colonize and have a base and shit. Yeah. So, um, so the TPC is still a thing. Yes. It, shockingly enough, still a thing. Yeah, I mean, I think Guts still exists, but... I now we have super, super guts. So I think because I saw some of the trainees in this episode, these episodes had like regular guts uniforms because they were like in they were like in old school guts wings. They had the actual guts uniforms on. So I think guts is like I think I think it's just like you were training to be in super guts because like super guts is like the better team. Well, um. They were actually all part of another small organization inside the TPC, the Zero Squad, um, which they're mostly just pilots. Okay. So, Super Guts is basically the next generation of Guts. Yeah. So and if you watch the Tika movie like we did, 
got to see some of these characters. Yeah, who we didn't know. We so also like, still don't so know. Like, well, like, uh, we just got introduced to one of them, like, Mai, like, the, 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 the kind of cheery girl. Yeah. She, she was the high schooler that we saw in the TV movie. So. Um, but yeah, we get, um... Trying to figure out where we where this started. Well, oh, oh wait, the Earth? Like like when they're on Earth? Yeah. Okay, so let's scroll down here. Because my notes are very long. Yeah, I'll, I know you went ham. Yeah, I went ham on this. Oh, it's, it's the it's the premiere of episodes. So uh, we see on Earth uh, two members of Super Guts, Coda and Rio, and uh, basically they're looking for you know new members of Super Guts. It's never explained what happened to regular guts, but it's just—I it, think it's still a thing. Either that or got disassembled and then reestablished as super guts. And we don't have the pyramid anymore. Yeah, they moved the TPC headquarters. They're no longer out in the freaking ocean. Yeah. Which, if you really think of it, that's probably a smart move to have your base on land. On land, not out in water. Seriously, how many times did that base get attacked while it was out in water? Well, that's the thing too is that even, even like now that they have like a new base, they even they have, like they have proper defenses, like they have like turrets and stuff like that. Because at one point in the episode, like a kaiju tries to like attack them, and like they have these defenses that are just like immediately just going fucking ham on it. But it does nothing, of course. So yeah, uh, we're introduced to two of the candidates that are quite possibly going to become members of Super Guts. One of which is, uh, Herbert Derps, I wrote his name, Fudo Takaru, and Shinasuka. Yeah, so our main character, Ultraman Dinah, is Shinasuka, and I have to say, I love this man. He is already a thousand times better than Daigo. In terms of personality. Because he actually has a personality? Yes, he has a personality. He's got, like, this like kind of like fire within him, and like he's so driven, and he he wants to prove that like how awesome he is, and like he, he he's like a really awesome pilot. It reminds me of like the mid two thousands like Red Rangers from Super Sentai, like like they're very energetic, they're very pumped up, but they're not like what they were during the two thousand tens, where it's like bona fide, or, or like you know, moronic to the point of stupidity. Yeah, and like they're they're and so like we see these two characters they're they're fighting fighting on the land strip like airstrip or whatever like that in the grass and like there's people like betting on them and stuff and like it, it's super funny like you can tell during their fight that they had like several takes because like you can tell on like Asuka's back that he's like super sweaty so like they were definitely taking a long time to like do these shots for this fight. And it's funny, like, he, he, he's fighting this guy, and he even pulls, like, a trick where he's like, Oh, sir! And, like, he, like, sends uh, to attention, he's like, What? There's someone there. Gets behind him. Ha! The, the, he doesn't punch him. He does, the, like, thousand years of pain. The thousand years of death. He, he sticks two fingers up, up his... Up his up butt. His butt. Up his butt. Um, and so, like, I... I it doesn't... Like, it doesn't show who wins, because then they get interrupted, right? No, Asuka won. Yeah, Asuka won. Um... And so, like, it, it just shows, like, he's uh, has fired, like, huge fiery determination. Um, we learned about his father as well. His father was apparently, like, a really legendary pilot. Yeah, Kazuma Asuka. Uh, 
who we did see in a flashback. Yeah, we saw in a flashback, and apparently he's much like Red Rangers and Power Rangers nowadays. He's been freaking gone for the last few years because apparently it's sucked into like a lighter dimension or something. The light got like the light engulfed him, and was he just vanished? Dinos is dead. Dinos is dead. <laughs> His dad's Dino. My dad works for Dino. <laughs> My dad works for Ultraman. Um, but yeah, so, and like, you know, he's also like a womanizer too, like, uh, cause like the chick who's like recruiting, he's like, oh, you're cute, like, you should go on a date, and she's just like... No, he was saying that to my... Oh. He, he was just saying... Well, he was, he was just saying... He was, he was flirting with her, saying like he was, she was pretty. Oh, you got pretty fast. Oh, you're pretty. And she's like, no, no, thanks. Yeah, you, she you, you serious about this? <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're, we're, we're about to go into orbit and do some practice runs, which I... Guess I didn't realize until now the guts wings were able to fly into the atmosphere. Well, I mean, it's been seven years. Maybe they like upgraded them. They could have upgraded them, but then again, they're just using the old guts wings for test pilots. Yeah, so like they have different mode settings. They have like a practice mode and like a serious mode because like they're they're fighting each other and, and like dog fighting and stuff like that. And Oscar's like, ah, I get you guys, and then like uh, these like fucking orb things show up and start, like, attacking them, and they get in serious, like, attack mode. And, like, a bunch of them, like, I think a couple of recruits die, but, like, a bunch, the main and majority of them all survive the incident. Um, but Asuka, he, he gets attacked, and he has, he's forced to eject out of his gut swing. And he's just floating up in space. He's floating in space, and then he Wait, sees, waiting for death. Yeah, and then he sees, like, this light, then something's calling out to him, and then wakes up in a bed, He's like, what the fuck? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, that was just a dream. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like three, was it three times? It was like two times he woke up from a dream. Yeah, two times in a row he woke up from a dream. And, like, first time he wakes up, Mai's there. Because, like, you know, taking care of him because he was passed out. And, she, and that was that was when he was like, hey, you're cute, let's go on a date. And she's like, team. <laughs> <laughs> you try, bitch. Charming. <laughs> um. Uh, it's like, well, what? What the captain said? Oh, you know, our new recru- our new recruits very uh, our new recruits very ballsy, but I like his confidence. Thanks. Wait, new recruit. Yeah. So. I when the first time I watched this episode, I was confused. I didn't realize that they were on Earth. Like the Super Gut Space was on Earth. I thought they were on Mars the whole time. So I thought this. I thought this whole show was going to take place on Mars. Uh, an eco-friendly Mars. That, honestly, I, I I see that wouldn't work well if the whole show took place on Mars because it'd be boring. No, make the show look like it has no budget. Yeah. So it's just that they get called to Mars because one of their bases is being attacked, like one of their colonies. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so Asuka gets introduced into the Super Guts team, and I gotta say their uniforms so good. I like the red, the red. What would you say, gray? Yeah, red, gray, black, a little bit of black on it. Yeah. Look, they look nice. Uh, but we get introduced to our captain, Captain Hibiki, and as I said in Ultra Seven with Kiriyama just being, you know, not very being a strong presence in the room and stuff like that. Captain Hibiki. Oh, this man just like fucking breeds 
like strength and confidence and determination when he's in the room. Like, my God, this man's so awesome. Welcome to Super Guts. What are you fighting for, soldier? Yeah, and he's just like, all right, you guys, Super Guts, let's fucking go! Deploy! And they're all like, Roger! Roger! And like, they do like a thumbs up, but like, I love Captain Hibiki. It's like, he feels like Munakata in a room I just like fused into one fucking being. It's like if Munakata was like... Like if he was the actual captain instead of a room was. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I am down for Hibiki. Like after the first two episodes, already super down for him. And like, he shows to be a pretty confident leader. He even joins them in the fight and stuff. And like, later on, like Asuka fucks up and like, he, like he's talking down to him and stuff. And like trying to get him to learn a lesson. Oh yeah, yeah, but... So, so, like, they go to Mars because, like, those, those sphere, uh, those, like... Yeah, the spe- alien sphere thing. Yeah, the alien spheres, they're actually referred to as spheres. Okay. In the second episode, they're like, we're now calling them the spheres. It's like, no shit. Just quoting Carl from fucking, the Jimmy Neutron. Why do all these have to end in fear? <laughs> so, so, like, they go to Mars and it's like, because this... The spheres, uh, like, land on Mars, in which it grows into, like, this Darabi. Uh, it's, like, known as, like, the, uh... It's, like, this, like, kind of, like, rock, like, spider-like thing. Yeah, they're known as synthetic beasts. So, but... so, like, so, like, Dinah actually has a trend going on in the first two episodes, where both kaijus are known as the synthetic beast. Yeah, but, like, I liked, I liked this first one they fought, because it was, like, this weird, like, rock creature, and it was, like, really cool. It was on, like, four legs, and... That grows into like an actual kaiju. It's like, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, and so like we get we get like uh, get their like launching sequence for their ships and stuff like that. We get like this really cool song where you hear like this like 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 kind of voice doing doing that because uh, that's the thing uh, I like that in song in music because uh, in uh, Gundam Build Fighters there's like literally a song where it's like they're the the gunplugs are battling and you hear just this, this, this like. Da, 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 da. Oh, so, like, so like repetition music. Yeah, like like rep- like repetitive vocals. I really like that in songs. So, so uh, so I guess Doctor Yao perfected his Maxima Overdrive because this is known as Neo Maxima. Like yeah, Overdrive, and, and they're able to like warp to Mars just like fucking instantaneous. Yeah, and they got there in their new vehicles because freaking screw the Art Desi and the Snow White. We have the Guts Eagle. Ooh, I miss, I miss the art Desi. What the hell do the art Desi? Do you know what you know what I feel like it is? What? So you know how in Lost Galaxy, like the Astral Mega Ship was just like a museum piece. Yeah. That's what they probably did with the art Desi. It's just somewhere in a museum. Like there's a guts museum. It's weird because in Lost Galaxy, did they not fly around? That's it, how they flew. It, that's how they flew and everywhere outside of Terra Venture. Whenever they had to go somewhere else, like they, just, they used the Astral Mega Ship because Alpha was still on it. Because uh, the the Green Ranger, like he was a mechanic, so he's like, "Oh, I don't want to fly this thing." Oh yeah, Damon. Yeah, Damon. Um, but but he couldn't transform into the Astro Mega Ship Megazord. So I would kind of, I'm kind of hoping in Dinah, there's just like a guts museum, and like they're like, "Ah, oh, the Art Desi, man, this thing was like a state of the art ship back in the day. I would have loved to have flown on this with like the original guts crew." Like it's weird that they don't use. Like I, I'm guessing they probably used it to get to Mars because think of it, it holds a lot of people. It does hold, yeah. Like they evacuated the entire fucking TPC base with Art Desi. So that's probably what happened. They took the Art Desi to Mars. 
What if, maybe 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 just the old TPC base is still there. Maybe it's like a museum now or something, or just like a second. Like I like to think the TPC have like multiple bases. Yeah, yeah. It's a you know it just makes sense for you know not to reuse everything. Otherwise, everyone's gonna be like, wait, am I watching Tiger or am I watching Dan? What am I, what's going on? But here? I'm I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping there's like a like a guts museum and like they kind of like go back. It's like oh man, like like. Fucking not hoary over here. Like we got like another oh, character, Nakajima. Yeah, he he he's he is like oozing hoary. Like it's not even funny. It's like if the second person that auditioned for hoary <laughs> got, got this got, guy got not got Nakajima's role. Like he looks up and he sees like a picture of like hoary in the museum or something. He's like, oh man, I would have loved to have worked alongside with Officer Hoary. Wonder what he's doing now. He's probably a dad now. Oh yeah, he's, he's definitely a dad. <laughs> I, so I'm hoping. I'm hoping we get to see some T characters show up in the show. They all show up. They really like like they all get their own character focus at the Like even Shinjo? Yeah. Yeah, Shinjo! Shinjo, Yazumi. Ruma? Daigo yeah, yeah, Ruma. Daigo shows up in an actual episode of Dinah where they acknowledge the crossover that happens beforehand. Hey, cool. What about Reina? Yeah! Oh, I can't wait for those! It's gonna be awesome! In which we actually got our first, not really cameo of the series, he's there and mentioned, General Saiwa. Apparently, it was his mission to, like, he's currently having bad health at the moment, and that's why he's not at the Probably Mars base. Probably just had an early retirement. Yeah. Hmm? Probably just had an early retirement. Well, no, he's oh. just, he's still a part of TPC. He's, oh, okay. he's just sick at the moment. And, like, he's recovering. He's sleeping. Yeah, he's sleeping. So, the uh, best thing about the Guts Eagle is that it can split up, like, the Ultra Hawk can in Ultra 7. So, it's like, there's the Gamma, Alpha, and Beta. Beta, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. No, I, I like that the, the ships can fucking do that. And, unlike Ultra 7, this one actually looks interesting when split up. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the one Ultra, Ultra 7 was kind of messy. Like, the Ultra Hawk and Ultra 7 look... It was meant to just be one ship. Yeah. Where it is, it's like if you take it apart, it's at least still interesting. Yeah. So they're they're fighting, but like the this this creature has like a barrier, and they can't penetrate it. So yeah, it's really hard. It has its own little force field. Yeah, and so Asuka, being Asuka, decides, oh, I'm gonna try to take this thing my fucking self. So he's running on Mars. He's got his helmet sealed up. He's got a rifle, and he's trying to fucking blast through that thing. It's not doing anything. Oh, freaking. That thing actually had a name. Uh, Fiza Covered Force. The Galaxy Sniper. Yeah, the Galaxy Sniper. The Galaxy Sniper, God. Yeah, but but yeah, like 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 the the Alpha crashes, in which Coda's uh, injured in the ship. He's like, "Go, go, save yourself!" And he's like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, and so he tries to take down this thing, and he just he can't, and he's about to fucking get killed, like. He, he he would rather go out fighting than losing. Yeah, so he's being extremely reckless, which is like a character uh, trait I like in a lot of people. Um, and then just this light shines on him and gets engulfed in the light and turns into da 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 da. Ultraman Dino. Dino, wee. Yeah, in which they actually you know did the one thing we were expecting. Yes. Just Tiga. Tiga. No. That one's different. That one's different. And I was like... But it is an Ultraman. Yeah. Which means we're, we're good. And I'm just like, thank you! Thank you for doing the one thing I wanted them to do in this show, where they see Dino and they're like, yeah. which, and I, I, Which, 
You can see in his design that he has a kind of Tiga thing going on. Like, he's got the red. He's got, like... The, the gold? Li- yeah, the gold, like, chest arc on him. Like Tiga does. Yeah, he has blue on him this time instead of purple. Yeah, I guess they're now using green screens and not blue screens. Yeah. Um, and then just, like, the, the most unique thing about him is he's got, like, a front horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His spin at the top actually curves. Yeah, into a horn. Yeah. So, which just... It's cool. I like it. I like I like Dinah's design a lot. And uh, his grunts are actually not by a different voice. It's Asuka's. Yeah, it's Asuka's actor. Which honestly, now that I think about it, it makes sense that like whoever the human host is for Ultraman, the grunts should be that. Like unless it's unless it's like like a whole X situation where it's like oh X is his own entity, so. Makes sense that X would just grunts would be his own. I noticed he's a lot heavier than the Ultra Seven one. That's right, bitch. That is awesome. Um, yeah, so Dinah's fighting, like, like the light alone before transforming, he destroyed the freaking Darby's legs. Yeah, Dinah's that fucking powerful. His color timer sound is also really cool. I can't. I have to hear it more to like copy it, but like. It's nice. Yeah. I like it a lot. So, uh, like, Mai sees it back at the base, and they're like, they're going over the archive, and it's like, oh, apparently TBC has this secret thing about this Ultraman thing. And she's like, well, if Tiga had a name, this one needs to have a name. She call it Dyna. Short for Dynamite. Or di- Dy- Dynamic. Yeah. And not, like... Everyone's like, eh, what about, like... Ultraman Gina. Ultraman Gina. Ultraman Gina. No, and then, like, uh, S- another one was, like, fucking Super Deluxe. Yeah. And it's Ultra like... Super Deluxe? No! This isn't a toy line? Yeah. It, like, she's just forcing everyone to be like, call it Dinah! And I like that my later, like, she sees Dinah again in the second episode, and she's just like, Dinah! Dinah! And she gets so excited about it. Dinah! So, they all return to base, and uh, Kibiki comes in, and he goes over to Asuka, and he's just like... You come with me. He's like, ah, oh, shit. Newbie, come here. Yeah. So he pretty much gets, he talks, me? yeah, so he basically talks him down and just says, what are you fighting for? Like, you it, you have to have a purpose for being on this team and, like, why you want to fight on this team. What are you fighting for? And Asuka's just like, hey, man, I'm just. I just, and he's, he's like, why did you attack without, without my order? He's like, oh, I thought I had a clear shot. He almost died. Koda almost got his life. Yeah, he's like, if you're going to be on this team, you need to learn to obey orders and follow, work with the rest of your teammates. And, like, everyone else is kind of, like, poking fun at him, just being mm-hmm. like, eh, watch you, out, newbie. Yeah, like, you're, you're in trouble. You're, like, you're, you're stupid. <laughs> you're stupid. Yeah, so, like, so Asuka's going to have a bit of time uh, feeling, like, like, working with the team, probably getting used to the working with them. And now he also has to take care of, you know, Becoming Ultraman. Which, uh, we did get to see his, his changer. Yeah, the Ray Flasher. I like it. It's like, it looks like the Ultra Replica gives it a kind of more, like, wooden finish on it, but the, I can tell in the... like a rock. uh, Yeah, like, in in the show, it looks like just round plastic, and I kind of, that's kind of just fun. But yeah, it's just this kind of, like, carved out Dinah's head, like, and just this long wooden piece. It has, like, a jewel that, that flips out out of it. My big question is whether or not, like, what is, how does Dinah connect with Tiga, if he even does? 
I think it's just maybe he doesn't. It's just a thing of like because that's what Super Guts is. Is that that's the connection with Tiga. It's just like oh, this is a sequel because they they like I think that's just what well, every production well, I mean, company does. Is like when they have a successful series, it's like okay, well we need to do a sequel series. Well, I mean like origin wise, like where does the Tiga power come from? Yeah, like is Dino related to Tiga's race of Ultraman, or is he just an entire entity on his own? Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be explained in the in the crossover movie. Yeah, or I feel like his dad has a connection with Dinah. Probably. I like to think so because like they keep talking, they kept talking about like, oh, his dad was swallowed by light, and it's like, well, Dinah came from light, so it's like, um, but yeah, so I think, uh, so this time the fight gets taken to Earth. Yeah, so the spheres end up coming to Earth. Like they destroy a bit of Mars, so like like Super Guts flies to flies to Mars again. It's like, oh shit, we've been set up. So like, uh, yeah, Mars was the diversion. Yeah, Rio and Asuka head back to Earth to attack the Spheres, where uh, Asuka realizes like he wants to fight to protect everyone that can't really protect themselves, because like if I've been the one destined to become the Warrior of Light, then let me become the Warrior of Light, and that's when he turns back into Dinah. Yeah, because at first he just feels like he doesn't want it, want it, and then I was like, I was like, don't pull that Daigo, Daigo shit again, please. I don't want this. Oh, oh that's a collectible. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. So we got the first proper transformation of Dinah. Didn't like the amounts of CGI they, they they put into it. It's at least better than greats. It is better than greats. I will say that, but like, I kind of hope after this. We kind of just go back to like the. Finish. He he does have a standard okay. like transformation. Good, sequence. good. Because like I don't mind when you do CGI and stuff and you experiment, but like if you're gonna experiment, like make it look good. I don't know. Like I guess it's just I guess it's more of just like a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know. Yeah. Because like Ultraman's transformation is very iconic and like it has a very unique style to it. So it's like, why change that style? Every Ultraman we've seen up till now has just done the, like, it, the, you see the guy transforming, and then it does the shot of him growing into the fucking air. Like, so. the only one that I can see being different is Ultra 7, because back in the day, Ultra 7 wasn't really intended to be a part of Ultraman. It was his own separate thing. Yeah. It wasn't until uh, the return of Ultraman where it's like, you two, Yeah. You're now showing yeah, that it. That's why it's Same not. Continuity. It's not Ultraman Seven. It's Ultra Seven. Remember that, folks. So, which uh, we get to see Dinah's first type change. Yep. Which he he turns into Miracle. Which the blue on him, like blue. Blue always looks good on an Ultraman. I think it's because like blue's the highlight color, and where it's like like silver's the dominant color, and blue's like the highlight color. That's why Cosmos just looks fucking. Mm. Cosmos just looks so good because it's just all blue and silver. Prominent blue. Yeah, Ghoul looks awesome. Blue looks awesome. Like, hey, just blue Ultraman. Ultraman Z. Yeah, yeah but he's got some red on him. So. Yeah. Fuma. Fuma looks really good. Mm -hmm. Blue. Yeah, Ultraman and Ultraman Blue just go really well together. The blue Ultraman just work. Yeah. This is why, it, like, Tyke T just bothers me with, like, his. It was purple, but it didn't look purple. It was, it was like a dark purple. Like they, you know they wanted to make it blue 
but they were working with blue screens, so it's like, okay, change it to purple so that it can work with our blue screens. Like, I just see, uh, they need to release a figure out of Tiga, and I just need to just stare at it for, like, an hour, and just be like, okay, I see the purpose. I kept seeing blue. I kept seeing blue. Bothered me. Um, so yeah, so Dinah, Dinah's fighting again, and, like, yeah, he's, he's, just, he's fucking kicks ass, man. Yeah, he's, he's fighting the, uh, uh, Herp of Derps. The Galarian. The Galarian. Yeah. Which, his body could, you know, heat up because he's a lava monster. He reminded me a bit of the space dinosaurs from that one episode of Tiga. Oh, yeah. The one with, like, the freaking mechanic. Cybernetic Yeah, the cybernetic oh, enhancements. He looked pretty cool. I liked him. We were saving, we were saving these dinosaurs. So <laughs> they could evolve and we could mechanize them and then they could destroy our... <laughs> it's like, what? What? Come again? <laughs> okay. Um... And that's pretty. It's like that's it. So like, Hibiki kind of has more respect for him at Asuka afterwards because he's like, all right, like, and like Asuka ends up on the beach. He's like, hey. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Rose like outside by the tree that Asuka was hanging out with late, like earlier. Just she gets an inner, like she gets a call in her like video pocket, like freaking Polly Pocket thing opens it up. It's just hello. It's like you gotta go to these coordinates. What is it? Another kaiju? No. Our green, our little greenhorns up on the beach. He crashed. You mind go picking him up? And apparently, he's been there for hours. Yeah. Because like it's like nighttime when he has that fire out. The gamma ships crashed in the water. He has the life raft. He's just sitting there. When Rio shows up, it's day. Like it, the sun's coming up. It's sunrise. It's morning. He's been there all night. He's been there all night. Poor guy. I well, know. he had a lot of time to reflect. Yeah, which he did. He actually was thinking about the last. Like, the last few words his father told him. And it's about how the humans and the Earth are just specks in the history of the universe. But but the humans have the biggest thing of all in the universe, and that's our hearts. That's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. Um... No. Uh, just, he swears that he'll... He won't stop hesitating. Or, he'll stop hesitating about everything. He'll do his He'll, he'll do, do his what best. his heart tells him. Yep. So, yeah, so that was the premiere of Dinah, and I gotta say, good shit. I'll probably go to, to the episodic thing here and there. Yeah, already already liking Asuka. Asuka's, Asuka's great. Love him. He's so, he's just already, like, in the first two episodes, he's already such a better character than Daigo is, personality-wise. I think what helps with this two-parter is that it helps itself stand out from Tiga. Like, it's not just gonna be a carbon copy of Tiga... Or it's not going to be like a sequel series where Daigo comes in and be like, you are now Ultraman, you must do this thing. It's No, it's just it's like, we'll set see, in the same timeline. Yeah, we'll see if there's a continuous story, which I hope so. Like, well, if so, it gets episodic at times, I don't mind, but I hope there's a lot of like, more character-driven episodes for all, everyone. I have a feeling it may be episodic, because the only thing we have going for it is, where do the, like, where do the, seers, like, the spheres come from? All I know is, whenever we get to an episode about Captain Hibiki, it's gonna be fucking awesome. I wonder if it's gonna be like another like child thing. It's like, oh, he's too uh, busy, can't, can't take care of his kid. Probably has a dozen kids. Oh, he gets around. Oh, he gets. Or he's fucking. He's Brock. Um. Also, just with a name like Hibiki, like I don't know, like honestly, of all the characters in the show, Captain like that we've seen so far, Captain Hibiki is the one who stands out the most. I love him. It's because out of all the characters, he's actually like besides from Asuka and Ryo and Mai, the rest of them just kind of just fill that empty slot of just 
Super Guts member one, Super Guts member two. Not Hori. Yeah, yeah. Not Hori. And the other guy, his name was Kar- Kar- Karia? Kariyama. Yeah, Kariyama. Yeah. But, but no, I'm, I'm liking this stuff. Uh, the theme song I gotta get used to. I, like, it's not bad. No. But I just, I don't know, Tiga, Tiga just stood out more. It's Take like, me higher. And then you have the ending theme, Kimi Dakedo Namonitari. Which apparently translates to, I want to protect you only. That may be a typo. No, that's... If you if you listen to a song in Japanese and then try to translate the actual lyrics, they make no fucking sense. Uh, which, um, like, I, I already like this song. I can't remember it right now, so when we watch Dine Again, I'll have to really listen to it. Uh... I also still like the acoustic version from Ultra, uh, from Ultraman Saga, like when the members from that like girls girls group was like singing it outside when they were yeah. hanging out with Asuka. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And then they did like an updated rock version of it when Dino got revived. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we're new season. We're in for a new long run. So we got Ultra Seven, Dino, and great to talk about. Great. <laughs> so be be ready. We're gonna be. Pumping these out weekly, so yeah. Brand new ultra. We on Gar's ass constantly. No, no, it's not gonna be like last time. This is the only I, episode I have to edit. I know, I believe in you. We can do this. You can do this. We can do this. Um, so I don't know. We don't have a title for the episode. The thumbnail is just gonna probably be something really cool. Gar's gonna mash up with like Grade Dina and Ultra Seven. and all of his spandex goodness. Uh, this is Kaiju Sentai Ultra Ranger episode 126. Um, something about Mars. That's the actual title. Something about Mars. There you go. Something about Mars. Mars with a Z. Mars with a Z at the end? Yeah. Giant capital Z. There you go. <laughs> something about Mars. Um, so that's it, everyone, so be ready for the next episode. Schwa for now. Schwa for now.